Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Wow. Such a sweetness in the room of who He is, hey? Such a sweetness. I love that we can take some time just to worship Him and thank Him and honour Him. I don't know what your week's been like, but it's so important to stop and be aware of His presence. In His presence is fullness of joy. It's beautiful. It's the one thing that's going to shift things around your life. It's the one thing that's going to change your circumstances. It's Him. And like David said, welcome into the house of God. Welcome. I I feel very privileged this morning that I get to come around the Word and I don't know, I I just have felt the weight of what we do as being so significant. And this morning, when you come into the house, I was aware of those who've gone before us. You know, Hebrews talks about the cloud of witnesses and that there's a whole heap. We read about them in here, okay, that have gone before us. But I was actually thinking about my dad. And the reason why I was thinking about my dad was, my dad was a pastor and he preached. And he preached right up until he died. And I found myself on the way to church saying, thank you, Dad, for being faithful to your faith. Because, you see, he left a legacy. And why it feels so special this morning, because I have a son that is also a pastor, and he's preaching this morning as well. And I felt like there was this, you know, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob how the generation comes through the children and because of those that have gone before us, the children are blessed. And I just felt that sweet moment, you know, that you've walked into church this morning and do you know that your children would be blessed? Do you know that? Because of your faith this morning, because you took the time to make room for God this morning. And I love, I was just talking to Anne, little Anne Midwinter, and she's telling me about the blessing on her children. You know why? Every Sunday, guess where Anne and Warren are? in the house of God, honouring Him. And it's flowing down. Beautiful, hey? (laughs) So welcome to church. And we're going to come around the Word. Um, Yeah, we're going to come around the Word. It's interesting, you know, when you get a Word together, you're actually, um, you live the Word. And so it becomes very personal. And for me, this Word just felt personal this this week, even though the subject that I feel to speak on Oh, thank you, team. They were awesome, weren't they, this morning? Thank you. Oh, yes, please. I'm very thirsty. The subject that I felt to speak on, I was praying and walking my dog, and um, God just started to speak to me because I'd had a phone call from, well, actually it was a a conversation with someone about someone's life and um, they'd had a really bad thing happen to them two years ago and things had just got worse and worse and you know when you, you just see people going through lots of hard things and I'm praying and said Lord what is the message for Sunday and for the people for us now and I just heard this word resilience and I felt God say to me that um, if you look around the world if you sit and watch the news You know, there's so much going on. Even little what we've all been through here in Australia, and we're so far removed from most of it. 
But we just get over one thing and something else smacks us in the forehead. And we're like, oh, what is that? And I felt God say to me that we need to learn how to build resilient faith. We need to be able to stand in the midst of huge and intense pressure and hardship. And he said to me, I am your refuge. I am your strength. And then he showed me that I found on, I think it's Open Doors. Some of you might know this better. But there's a, a stat that says there's 400 Christians a month who have been martyred to for their faith at the moment. More than any other time in history. Think about that. And I love that if you look on the news, um, Ukraine is going through so much. And Dave and I just spent one night, I think, we, we managed to see about 10 minutes of what was happening. And I struggled to watch. I struggled to watch the suffering and the hardship these people are going through, and we are comfortable. We do not know what they are suffering and what they're going through. And you know what? Our faith has become pretty wishy-washy and wimpy. And I felt God saying to me, you know what? You think it won't touch you? Hardship's coming. This stuff is coming. Our faith needs to look different. It needs to sound different. It needs to be resilient. Do you know that word resilient means able to bounce back after adversity and challenges? It's a toughness. It's something that when, when things happen, you don't break, but you bend or you move. I actually heard the other day, I read this thing, and forgive me if I get it wrong, but they said that um, in order for a palm tree to grow really tall and to be able to bend in the wind, while it's growing, it needs the storms. And what happens is the storms cause its roots to go really deep and strong into the ground so that it can bend when the wind comes. So it needs the wind. It needs the storms. And I think we are no different. You see, our root system in God needs to be so strong that no matter what happens, if we were facing a war, you and I are going to stand. Our faith in Him is going to be strong. And that's where I feel God is wanting to take us today. He is committed to building your faith and my faith, faith strong. And what I ask the question, what if the hard stuff that we go through is that God is actually building something beautiful in us? Could be, hey. There's something on the other side of your pressures. Did you know that? I love that the early church was so full of persecution and hardship and trial and yet, we all go, we want the church in Acts, don't we? Are you ready for that church? Is that what you want? Do you want to be the church in Acts? Are you ready? Do you know how they grew? Persecution. Do you know how they got strong? Hardship, beaten, trials, dungeons. Did you know that? <laughs> you might not say that so quickly next time, hey. And in the... Um, <laughs> in the, in the um, in this, the Greek and the Hebrew, that word suffering that they went through was actually meant precious. Precious. Precious are going to come upon your life. And Peter actually said that the suffering and the trials, they reveal, reveal your sterling core faith. They reveal, like he said, like gold needs to be refined by fire. So your faith needs to be refined by fire. <laughs> We hate it, eh? <laughs> uh, but I love it because, you know, many of the apostles, they address this hardship. They address these things to the, the Christians at that time because they recognize what was going on. And if you think, like, it's not going to touch you, the world is crazy at the moment. It's probably going to, and most of you probably are being touched by hardship and pressures even now because of your world and the life you live. So Paul addresses, and this is what he said. He says, we are pressed on every side by troubled, troubles, but not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because 
We don't know why things happen as they do, but we don't give up and we don't quit, do we, church? No, we are hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get back up again. You know that song, don't you? Remember the Rocky, Rocky movie and, and um, Sylvester Stallone, and what does he say? He says, life's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how many times you can actually take the hits and still keep going. Okay, it's not about how many times you fall down, but it's how many times you get back up. So church, today I reckon you got back up. Well done. I did too. I did too. This week I felt the pressure and I felt that, that pressure of, God, what are you doing? I don't understand. Have you ever been there? And you know, and, he, and Paul actually addressed this to the Romans as well. And he said, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. <laughs> don't we hate it? <laughs> perseverance produces, does anyone know character? Character produces, oh, you guys need to get into your word. I'm going to start that again. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. A few people know. Few people, you know, Jesus said in the world you'll have tribulation and trials. He said that. Don't be surprised. Why are we surprised? I don't know. He said, but be of good, good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Peter, Paul, and Jesus dressed suffering. They said, be ready. Perseverance, what does it mean? It actually means that it's a characteristic that we carry of a man or a woman who's loyal to their faith, even under the greatest trials and suffering and hardships, able to endure. That word character, it's proven. It's a proven, dependable, tried, spiritually mature person who carries character. And I don't know about you, but I keep hearing these really sad stories of many strong Christians not carrying character as they should. We need to be above reproach, church. Okay, Christian character comes through the testing because what happens is it exposes who we are and what we believe when the pressure comes because honestly, there's no better mirror than pressure and hardship for our faith. But hope, what is hope? Hope is the expectancy of something good about to happen. I love that. There's something on the other side of your trial, your hardship, your pressure. Okay, Jesus, I mean, Isaiah actually told us, those that hope in the Lord will never be disappointed. Did you hear that? So today, if you're going through something, would you hope in the Lord? Would you put your hope in Him? Because He is good. So today, I want to give you some things to remember in your hard times. Because this is what God spoke to me this week. He said, there's more to come, Claire. Okay, so don't get stuck that you're here and nothing is going to change. No, no, He's saying to you today, there's more to come. He's getting us ready for what's next. Are you ready? That same scripture I read in Romans 5, 3 to 5, in the Message Bible, this is what it says. There's more to come. Don't get stuck here in the suffering part, okay? We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know that our troubles can develop passionate patience. Another terrible word. <laughs> Perseverance, patience, oh my goodness. Uh, and how patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue 
keeping us alert for whatever God will do next in alert expectancy, such as this, we've never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours out into our lives through the Holy Spirit. And so I have called my message Forged Faith. Okay, there's fire. I know it's not, it's not pretty, is it? But it reminded me that um, all through this Bible, you will find stories in here when you're going through hard times that you can access that will encourage you. And I read the story in 2 Kings 4 about a woman, a widow, and her husband had died. And she had two sons. And he, her husband had left her with debt. Now, in that culture, a widow had no way of getting income. Can you imagine what she would have felt like? The creditors were knocking at her door. They wanted to take her two sons into slavery to pay her debts. And, you know, I love what this woman did because I think she was hemmed in with troubles like Paul was telling us. Well, what she did was she went to find Elisha, the man of God, because she wanted to hear the word of God over her circumstances. There is a key right there for you if you are struggling. Go and find the word of God over your circumstances so it will speak louder than anything else in your life. And she gets to Elisha and Elisha says to her, so what's in your house? Sounds like David. David said the other day, what's in your hand? And he said, so what's in your house? And she says, just a little jar of oil. And he said, well, go to your neighbours and borrow all the jars you can get and take them back into your house, shut the door and start pouring out what little you have. And so what does she do? She, she becomes a doer of the word, not just a hearer, a doer. She gets her oil and she starts to pour out and she pours out and pours out and pours out and pours out and pours out and, pours out and says to her sons, give me another jar. And they said, none left. Every jar was filled to the brim. I love that. You see, fresh, tr- fresh oil and abundance came out of her trial. I love that out of that place where she got the word of God over her circumstance, resources came in, a miracle happened, it just kept pouring out. You see, I believe out of your darkest pain will come fresh oil. A new anointing will be upon your life like never before. Never before. It doesn't come without the crushing church. But could it be that God is making room? Could it be that he's making room in your life and my life for more of himself and more of his Holy Spirit to flow through you? Could that be what he's about to do next? Could that be why we felt this incredible pressing and pressure? Because he's just allowing some fire to burn off some stuff in our lives that we've been carrying. See, my second point is we grow in hard places. James 1 says, Consider it nothing but joy. (laughs) My brothers and sisters, when you fall into various trials, be assured the testing of your faith through experiences produces endurance, which leads to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. Think about that, that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. I love how James opens his letter. If you, He's actually Jacob, really, but James, if you open that book, it starts with, life is hard. That's what he opens it with. Life is hard. And I think James knew a little bit about suffering. Do you know that he was martyred for his faith? Like, wow. But what he says is life's trials and hardships are paradoxical gifts that can produce endurance and character. 
We need character. The world is not interested in Christians who don't have good character. We need character, okay? We need things that will shape our character. We need that. And I love that it helps us become perfect and complete. I love too that James in his book, if you count them, he speaks about this word perfect seven times. It's only a really short book. But in the Hebrew and Greek, that word perfect, you know what it means? Wholeness. Wholeness. So God is wanting us to be whole, nothing missing, nothing lacking in our faith. You see, most of us live lives that are fractured in our character. Think about it. Why are people so turned off Christians? Because we behave badly. Okay, God is wanting to change and shape our character so that we're Christ-like out there. So when we speak, they listen to our words. Those fractured places in our character, guess where they get burnt off? In the fire. It's terrible, isn't it? But what I love is Jesus is committed to you being whole and being made perfect. Isaiah 61 says what? He's anointed me to preach the good news. The good news, okay, to heal the brokenhearted. If you walked in this morning, you're brokenhearted. Jesus is here. He wants to heal your heart. Set the captives free. Open prison doors. He wants to take an exchange of all your ashes and give you beauty. And he wants to take away the grief and the heaviness and give you a garment of praise. That's what he's committed to. So if you're going through hard times, okay, don't bypass the process. Don't say, can I get off here now, Jesus? Okay, stay the path. Stay the path. He is doing something. And as you stay the path, you know that covering that Mark was talking about, it's Jesus. If you're going through hard times, run to Jesus. If you don't know what to do, go to Jesus. Go to his word. That's how you walk through suffering and hard times. He's so amazing. He's so powerful. And you know, I was so aware of the struggles that everybody is going through at, the time, at this time. If you're not in a war, if you're not in COVID or floods, you might have an internal struggle. You might have something going on in your relationships. You might have something going on with your kids. You might have a, a, health, a health challenge in front of you. And all those things are hard. And what I have noticed in my life, because I found myself here during the week, is you go through this really hard place and you totally lose perspective. You don't even know where you're going, what you're doing. You have no idea. You don't even know if God's still around. You're like, and even the scriptures like that, I don't know what he's saying. You just lose complete perspective. And the Lord spoke to me because I was in that place. And poor David, he's like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. No, I'm not. I'm so not. And I go to bed and I go to sleep and I love that God speaks to me so often at night. And during the night he spoke to me and he said, Claire, don't lose sight of my goodness and my faithfulness. Ah, you asked David, I woke up a whole different person. He spoke to me. See, if you're running to him when you go through tough times and remember he is good and he is faithful and he's not going to leave you in that hard place not a minute longer than you need to be there to shape your character, to make you whole and to bring you into a place of perfection in him because he wants to use you. He wants to use you. But he is so kind. You know, um, what I noticed is that it's in these moments where you're really struggling that you're forced between to choose between anxiety and trust. <laughs> it's kind of like you're way out there. You're like, am I just going to jump off the plane or I'm just going to turn around and go the other way? But he wants us to choose to trust him. And I remember I was in a, in a situation in India. I was flying from Delhi to, to San Fran and I was on my own. I was five hours in this airport and about 10 minutes before the we just had the call, you can board your plane. I was so grateful because it's Delhi Airport is scary. 
It really is, especially for a woman on your own. And I'd been there on my own five hours. And um, I get this call, Clary Hearn to security. And I'm like, that's so not me. That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> Clary Hearn. I'm like, no, that's not me. That's not me. <laughs> and then I get the third call, Clary Hearn to the security. And I, everyone now in my plane where we're sitting for the, by the gate starts to board. And I have to go to security. And if you see in Delhi Airport, it is rifles, uniformed men. It is scary and intimidating. And <laughs> they call my name. And I'm like, oh, no. And they're not talking to me in English. They're, come, come. And I'm like, where am I going? And they come. This is about 3 a.m. in the morning. Okay, and I'm like, I don't know if I can, I can go with them. And I'm trying to text David. He's in another part of India. And, and his phone's not on. And I'm thinking, who, can, who would know where I am, what happens? And you know that whole thing about taken. Like, and I kept thinking, and I kept thinking, I'm too old. I'm too old. <laughs> And they take me to this the dark, this dark corridor, corridor, past all the normal people, down this corridor, corridor, and they come to this lift, and he says, in. That's all he said, in. And the lift opens, and inside the lift is all these men, big black beards, like scary men, and this is this tiny little lift, and I'm like, and I hesitated, because I didn't feel safe. And I knew no one was there. If something happened to me, I had no recourse. And I'd just been for three days in India in a pastor's conference. And we'd been singing about how great God is and how amazing He is. And He is faithful and He is good. And here I am. And He says, in. And I hesitated and then I had this thought, Jesus, I'd just been singing about how great you are. If I can't trust you now, then my words are nothing. Like, really? So I stepped in, heart beating thinking, this is it. As we come down the lift, the lift opens, <laughs> and there's all these soldiers in the room, guns, everything, and a back door is open with a black van. <laughs> you can imagine my imagination. Oh, no. Like, what are they going to do? Because <laughs> I can't tell you that I did not step in and get immediate peace. My heart was beating and I'm saying, if they touch me, I'm shouting Jesus at the loudest voice I possibly can because your name, Jesus, your name, you tell me it's a strong tower. So I'm going to shout your name like I had my plan all worked out. And, you know, the funny thing is it was actually nothing. I had a, I had a, little, a little battery power thing that they didn't want me to put on the plane. And then they sent me back up and I got on the plane. I had 17 hours on this plane and I thought, you know what? Um, normally I was pretty nervous about doing 17 hours on my own, but after that little incident, I just walked in. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> I swaggered. I'm like, hey, I got this. My Jesus and me, we're good. <laughs> you see, when you have these moments, he wanted to test my faith. I needed that moment because I needed that moment before I did 17 hours in a plane. And guess where they put me? Right in the middle of all the men. And if you know Indian men, no offense for anybody, but they don't necessarily treat the woman that great. I sat down. I was good. I was so good. See, God had prepared me for what I was about, doing, about to do, that I would trust him and know that he was faithful by that moment of experience. And, you know... That word trust is scary too, hey? <laughs> but what I've noticed is one of the enemies that we have in our time of hardship is doubt, fear, and unbelief. Okay? If you're in a place of hardship, 
Doubt that God sees you, hears you, is going to do something. Fear, can't do it. It's too much. Unbelief, he doesn't do what he says he would do. All those things, banish them out of your house. They don't belong to you. If you're going through a hard time, the moment you question whether God is good, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Your faith is going to be weakened. You see, your faith is a shield. Your faith is going to protect you. And if you would believe that God is good, no matter what your circumstances, you know what happens? Something lifts in your spirit. If you choose to trust Him when you can't see and you don't know what's next, that's how God comes in. He does something amazing. And my third point is evidence of faith has been established. You see, I believe God is in the process at the moment, the season we're in, of giving us fresh evidence of his faithfulness. Now, you don't get that without those moments like I had of India. Okay, you've got to be in the moment where it feels like everything's going to take you out for you to go, I choose to trust. There's breakthrough waiting for you there. There's deliverance there. There's reconciliation. There's restoration. There's more of the Holy Spirit for you in that place. Did you know that those lovely words, fruit of patience, perseverance, Do you know where they're only found? In the testing. God wants us to have experiential faith. You see, I say all the time, God is faithful. I don't say that lightly. I say it because I'm lucky enough, I'm older enough now to have a little bit of time behind me and have lived a little bit of life and have tested my faith a little bit to see where God is faithful. And so I know he's faithful because he was faithful there and 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 he was faithful there. So now he's going to be faithful here. Can you see? See how powerful that is? (laughs) As we persevere, he produces in us a patient endurance, mature character that produces joyful hope. No matter what you're going through, you can say, I count it all joy because there's something on the other side. You know, I've told you the story before about my, when I lost my dog and um, I really love my dog. (laughs) I love my dogs now too. I've got a great Dane at the moment. And um, it was quite tragic, but God led me. You see, when you go through tough times like grief and loss and hardship, he wants to be right there with you. And the week before this happened, he led me to a psalm, Psalm 84. And let me read it to you because it's really amazing. He said, how enriched are those who find their strength in the Lord. Within their hearts is a highway of holiness. I like that because a highway gets you somewhere quickly. I want to go quickly out of these hard places, don't you? I don't want to stay there. And even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others only find only pain. He gives them a book of blessing. Could it be that our pain places become a place of blessing? Could it be? I think so. See, that place becomes filled with the rain of an outpouring. They grow stronger and stronger with every step forward. Don't stay in your suffering and your pain. Don't rehearse your circumstances. Don't start saying, this is too hard. This is too much. The moment you do that, you have sat down. You start declaring, my God is good. My God is faithful. My God was faithful back there. My God will be faithful here. It's so important what you speak in these moments, church. See, those trials in these places, for me, they have been fresh encounters with Jesus. Because when my dog died, I had that scripture already. And I knew God had prepared my heart. So when I did, my heart was completely broken. And it is okay to have a broken heart. But run to Jesus. 
because that's where you get your healing. That's where you get your wholeness, okay? You've got to make a well-worn path back to his presence. It's got to be so well-worn that when huge circumstances come against you, you do not even have to think where you need to run to, okay? Not even have to think because it's a well-worn path. You know you go to the Word. You know you go to worship. You know you find your place of faith where things are tough. You, it doesn't matter whether you've got a, a person there or you don't have a person there. Jesus is your place of, of trust. Okay, he will meet you there. I know that God wants to build you and I strong in our faith. And if you look in the Word, all through the Word, you'll see the great men of God who have great destiny on their life, all of them went through a time of incredible testing and hardship. And even, it was actually long. And, and I said to the Lord, just tell me about that again. Why do we have to wait so long sometimes? And this is what he led me to, Exodus 13, 17. God led the children of Israel the long, hard way in the wilderness because the short way they would have, have had to fight some enemies that were not, they were not yet strong enough to fight. <laughs> In his mercy, the road is long. In his mercy. See, he wants you to win. He wants you to live your destiny. So sometimes he allows it to be a little bit longer than what you would like. Because in that place, he's developing in you something amazing. A, a testimony, an evidence of his faithfulness. It seems topsy-turvy, but I can tell you it works. It's impossible to please God without faith. Do you know that? And these are the moments when the times are the toughest that you need the faith to believe for your miracle and your breakthrough. See, when David faced Goliath, he accessed his experience with God being faithful in the past and he would be faithful in the future because he said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will rescue me now from this uncircumcised Philistine. You see, what he did back there is for your giant that you have right here. He wants you to have faith, to keep believing. It's by experience, the same God that was there for David is the same God that's there for you and for me and for all of us in our hard times. Good, hey? Yeah, number four. A weapon is forged in the fire. I love that song, you know, Another in the Fire. Don't you? It just speaks to me every time I sing, of it, sing it. It just I just feel like God knows how hard it is when we're in the fire. And I never want to leave, speak lightly about that to you, about hardships and suffering, because I know it's a place where our hearts are crushed. But I know that's the place where God wants to meet with you. And if you know the story, it was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three Babylonian little, not little Hebrew men who were taken captive in Babylon. And here they are, and the king does this gold idol, and he says, you've got to bow down to that idol. And they say, no, 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 we're not going to bow. And the king gets really angry, and he says, well, who? Because he thought he was the most powerful. Who's going to deliver you from my hands? And what do they say? They said, you know, I love their faith. They were strong and they were powerful. And they said, our God can, our God will. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. Is your faith an even if he doesn't type of faith? Is it? Okay, because it's going to be tested, church. It is. I want the even if he doesn't kind of faith because that tells me my faith is not going to be on whether my circumstances all go easy. My faith is always about a faithful God who is good. The king was so furious with these men. You know what he did? He turned the fiery furnace up seven times hotter. And then he threw them in. But as he threw them in, the men who threw them in got killed. But the men he threw in who had a faith in God, okay, who were covered by a faithful good God, guess what? Fire didn't kill them. 
And he looks up and said, didn't I just throw in three? But there's four. There was a fourth in the fire. Because in the fire is where they encountered Jesus. It was in the fire. They came in with arms bound, with ropes. It was in the fire. The ropes were burnt off. See, you've got to look at your, your hardship with a whole other perspective and lens today. Okay, God's doing something out of the fire. When they stepped out of that fire, they say it, they didn't even smell smoke. And then the king promoted them and they had greater influence out of the fire. There's something on the other side of what you're going through today. There is something that God is doing that's going to be amazing. And I imagine their faith being unstoppable coming out of the fire. Can you imagine? They want to tell everyone, guess what? We were thrown into the fire and guess who we saw? One like the Son of God met us in the fire. Now that was in a Babylonian city. They didn't even have church. And they met Jesus in the fire. Like, think about it. I mean, I don't know. If, you, if you're going through fire today, wouldn't you want Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to pray for you? <laughs> I was thinking, like, hey, Lord, if you could just get those three guys. Because <laughs> they were unstoppable. You see, they experienced the faithfulness of God, and it became a testimony. Do you know what testimony means? Evidence or proof of something that you give in a court of law. Eyewitness. It's an opportunity for God to do it again. I say do it again. Revelation 12 said they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The word that they bore witness of in their own lives and loving not their life unto death. You see, our testimony is really, really important. I have tasted, I have seen, I know, I have experienced, and I know without, without doubt that my God is you guys are falling asleep. I know without doubt that my God is and good. Okay, you got to know this, church. In other words, I am a witness, and I am. I have seen in my own life, and I know it to be true. I have a legal record between me and God, signed, sealed with His approval and signature that would stand up in any legal court in the heavenlies, and it will hold weight to change an unlawful decree over my life and over my family's because I'm like, He is faithful, He is good. And do you know what? This week, the moment I said those words, everything that I had been feeling of pressure and battle lifted immediately that faith took me into another environment. Nothing changed in my natural environment. Everything changed in here. Don't bypass the, the process, church. He won't leave you in the fire a moment longer than you need to be. You see, in these places, the transformation that's going to take place is going to bring perfection to your faith. And I really called my message today, Forge Fire, because of what I'm going about to tell you now. Forge faith, um, because fresh authority comes out of the fire. You see, God takes every single tear, every struggle, every hardship, and he doesn't waste not one bit of it. I know that I stand here today because of his faithfulness in the places where I thought he had abandoned me, and I just kept walking. I just kept walking. I just kept reading my Bible, even if I didn't feel anything. I kept turning up for church. I kept trusting. I kept declaring and believing that no matter how dark it got, no matter whether whatever I was going through took me out, I was not going to change my statement of faith. And I was going to step in, not step out. And I declared, devil, you want to come against my life? Then you just watch what I am going to do against your territory and what you have done. I declared, if I was going to go out burning in fire, so be 
it, but my God is good. My God is faithful. The devil is not going to win in my life. No way. (laughs) I hope he wished the day that he never stopped touching my life. I hope he goes, I should not touch that woman. Because guess what? Today, even her son is preaching. Yes. And I'm believing my granddaughters and my grandsons are going to preach the word of God. Because I stand today in his goodness and his faithfulness. You see, I have a legal record between me and God. His signature and mine. Amen. So I watched this video this week, okay, and it was of this raw piece of iron. I might need some help here, David, if you don't mind. Let me see if I can get it out. I have it hidden here for you. Uh, Really, okay. David, would you like to come and hold this raw piece of iron for me? A bit bigger than I expected, but that's okay. And a little bit heavier. Okay, this raw piece of iron. So I saw this video, and they had this raw piece of iron, and it was about forging steel. Now, I don't know much about it, so I had to do a little bit of research. And what I learned was that just a raw iron ore, when it's added with carbon and other minerals, what happens is they put it into a forging process. Now, it can be by fire, and and, um, they can use another process called tempering. And they'll take this raw bit of iron, and they'll throw it in the fire. And what something happens in the fire, you see, as it gets red hot and it starts to melt, just before melting point, it's pulled out. Pulled out, David. Pull it out. <laughs> Pull it out, okay. Then they get a hammer, and I should have bought one of your big hammers, and they start hammering it while it's soft, hammering it and hammering it. The moment the steel starts to cool again, they put it back in the fire. No! And it goes... And it gets really red hot again. He pulls it back out and he gets his hammer and he starts to hammer and hammer. And what I noticed was I'm looking thinking, what on earth are you making? I don't have a mechanical brain, okay? I have no idea. What are you making? And then I watched it get cool again. What do they do? Back in the fire. And I'm like, back in the fire, David. (laughs) And this process kept going over and over again. But every time that he brought it out and he started to hammer it, a shape was starting to be seen. See, what, he, what, he, what I could tell was that it was only when it was red hot that it was soft enough for it to change its shape. And it was through the hammering and the pressure that something was being transformed with the steel. And I love that. And when I looked in forged steel, they said that forged steel is strong. And the reason why it's strong is because it becomes more durable with the grain flow. And the, it's, the grain flow is altered in the process so you can take shape of something. Am I right? Is anyone else in here like, am I right? Yeah, okay. And so what happened was the fire was creating something beautiful. Thank you, David. That's great. You can put that down now because in the fire... It didn't come out looking like that. You see, what this man was making was a beautiful sword. This is what came out of the fire, was a sword transformation. And I loved it because I didn't know what he was making. You often don't know what he's making in your life and what he's doing. You don't know what he's forging inside of you in your faith, in the hard time, in the trial, in the pressure, in the time when everything seems to be going wrong and it's too hard and it's too tough because I imagine that little steel bar would have been saying, what are you doing? But the blacksmith said, I know what I'm doing. You see, God says to you and I, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And even though in the fire you lose perspective, he said, don't lose heart. 
don't lose heart. I imagine if that little steel could talk, he would have said, stop, stop. You're hurting me. Stop, stop. It's, it's too hard. Stop, stop. But what if that blacksmith would say, hey, gently, little steel bar, hang in there. I'm making something beautiful out of you. I'm forging you into a weapon that's going to be powerful, that's going to show my glory. Don't you love that? You see, James 1 says, if you remain, your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. You see, when you're going through really tough times and you don't understand, he puts you to the fire so that you will have a testimony of faith. A testimony of faith that is so powerful. It's what David had against Goliath. A testimony that what God did against the lion, what God did against the bear, God will do right now against Goliath. Whatever you're facing, facing, if you would trust God in your trial and in your hardship and you would say, God, I know you're good, I know you're faithful. Guess what? You come out with one of these. Fresh authority and power. A testimony of faith. Can I ask you? What's your testimony of faith? What is it? Okay, have I got time for one last story? You see, that sword belongs to my friend Sue Hartley. And um, she's been through a lot of trials and hardships. And out of her trials and hardship, one, she got a testimony of faith so powerful that she started a ministry called Daughters of Promise. And Daughters of Promise ministers to young women all around our city and nation about identity and the goodness of God and the love of God to restore and heal and deliver. Beautiful. Then I have this other friend, and she battled the hardship of barrenness and loss and grief to such an extent that she didn't feel she could keep walking forward. And she wrote a book called Standing Strong. And everything that she went through, every pain, every tear, nothing was wasted because she now has a testimony of faith. You see, it says, if you will draw near to God, he will draw near to you. If you will make your home in his presence, he will become your refuge and your fortress. And both of these women did. And both of them come out with a sword of a testimony of faith because they just stayed the path, just trusted God. And then there's this man, okay, His name was John, was John Bunyan, and he wrote The Pilgrim's Progress. Have you read it? Have you read it? One of my favourites. And he knew what suffering was. See, John Bunyan's preaching was so popular and powerful and so unacceptable to leaders in the 17th century Church of England that he was jailed in order to silence him. Refusing to be silent, he began to preach in the jail courtyard. He not only had a large audience of prisoners, but also hundreds of the citizens of Bedford and the surrounding area would come to the prison daily and listen outside the walls to hear him talk about Scripture. He was silenced verbally by being placed deep inside the jail in a dungeon. And forbidden to preach at all, no one could hear his voice anymore. Yet in the silence, he spoke the loudest of all and to more people than he could have imagined. It was during that time that he wrote The Pilgrim's Progress, the great Christian classic that has ministered to the gospel to tens of millions throughout the world. 
For several centuries, it has been the most widely read and translated book in the world after the, Bunyan, after the Bible. Bunyan's opponents were able to stop his preaching for a few years, but they were not able to stop his ministry. Instead, they provided opportunity for it to be extended from deep within the jail in, <laughs> in the small town of Bedford to the ends of the earth. How does that happen? He wielded his sword well. It became a powerful weapon against the darkness, bringing hope. Do you know whatever your story is today, God's going to use it. You see, out of suffering, hope was born. Our steel, out of the sea of steel was born a sword. The steel was not born strong. It was made strong. It was made strong. It had the potential to be strong but brittle unless it went through the fire. The fire caused it to be malleable and soft, able to change shape and to be a usable weapon in the hands of Almighty God. This world needs hope. This world needs authentic and genuine faith. This world needs character above reproach. So if you are struggling and you are going through much, can I encourage you, never lose sight of God's goodness and his faithfulness to see you through victorious. Can I pray for you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful. I thank you, Lord, that today the message is for all of us. We don't know what the future holds, but we know that you are faithful no matter what. We know we have moments where we feel like we're overwhelmed and we can't take another step forward. And Father, just like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that's where you meet us, right there. So I ask, Father, for every one of us today, as we are standing in your presence and we're believing, Father, that you are going to do a mighty work of making us strong and usable and powerful with a testimony of faith, I pray today that you would bring reinforcement, you would forge our faith strong in no matter what season of life that we are in, that, Father, you would start to deposit our faith, that we would be a light in the darkness for our city and for our nations, for our neighbours, for our families, that the blessing that has always been ours would flow through our lives and we would have a message of hope, Father, that we would be the ones known with a persevering, enduring faith that's courageous, Father, undaunted, Father, in the face of no, no matter what comes against us, that we know our strength is found in You. You are our hope. Father, may we never stop singing the song of hope, which is all about you, Jesus. And so I pray blessing on every man, woman, child, family in this room today. As the Word has gone in, Father, may the Word produce fruit. May the Word be powerful and effective, Father. May the Word shape, the word shape us to be all that we were always called to be, a powerful weapon in the hand of our Creator. With a testimony of faith, I pray. And for those, Lord, that are facing giants, Father, I pray fresh faith this morning to stand up and to take hold of the sword of the Word of God and the faith of who you are and say, you know what, devil, you may have touched this, but God's going to turn this for good. There's going to be a testimony of faith right here out of this moment. So I pray your blessing on your people today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.